Welcome to Jake and Afraid. I'm your host, four-time Naked and Afraid survivalist, Jake Nodar. Join me as I recap each new Naked and Afraid episode, guest hosted by some of the show's favorite alumni. Each week, we'll recap each episode with a perspective only a survivalist of the show can give. Now let's get naked. Hello and welcome to Jacob and Afraid. Today, my guest needs no other introduction than these simple six words. This is what I live for. Jeff Zausch, thanks for joining me, Jeff. Absolutely, Jake. Thank you so much, man. I'm excited. Thank you for allowing me to share my voice, okay? As if it's not loud enough for people to hear, um, I'm happy to give my side, my take on the season. I'm I'm excited to hear it. I feel like it's been a very fun watch. And regardless of whether people love you or love to hate you, you have been at the root of so much of the entertainment throughout the season. So I'm excited to get your thoughts on on all of this. So uh, this is The Last One Standing, Season 1 Recap, Jeff's Take. Before we get going, though, how have you been since filming? Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, I've been, I mean... You know me, I, I just like to have fun. And so I've been uh, I've been enjoying myself. I've been enjoying the season. I've been enjoying all the positive reaction that it's gotten, you know, uh, all around the nation. So yeah, I've been having a good time. That's awesome. Did you have any health issues, any parasites, any any fun things like that after filming? Nothing this time. Thank awesome. God. Yeah, um, yeah. Thank God. So I, I felt great after this season. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Well, let's dive right in. Last one standing, season one recap, Jeff's take. Uh, so we're going to start out. It's you finding out that your partner is Stacy, and you also find out that your fates were connected for the first 21 days. If either of you choose to tap, both have to leave. How did you feel walking into this, finding that out, finding out who your partner is? Where where was your head at that moment? To be honest with you, I was terrified, Jake. <laughs> it was I was terrified. I, I didn't know much about Stacy. I had watched her previous, you know, challenges, but they were so many years ago. Yeah. Um, I mean, Stacy might have the record for the most years between two different um, Naked and Afraids. And so I didn't know, you know, if her head was going to be in this. I, I, you know, I didn't know. And, and just just knowing that our fates were connected, I was terrified because, you know me, like if I... If I don't like the people that are in my group, I kind of just <laughs> kick them to the leave. Side. I leave, and I'm not able to do that this time. So it was it was scary. Yeah, <laughs> that that is terrifying. It's such a different machine from the previous challenges. You find your map, and you find out that you'll be looking for all these various caches, survival items, hunting items, meat caches, and you start hauling ass to get as many items as possible. Now, this is when we first hear you becoming very vocal and yelling lots of stuff, including the line that we hear over and over again throughout the season, we're finding all your shit. And I want to know if this was part of your strategy, were you just caught up in the moment? What led you to that? Well, I'm, you know, for people that know me, you know I always speak my mind. I say what I'm thinking. And at that moment, I was thinking, I'm finding all your shit. And, uh, and, and I wanted them to hear that. Okay. That, that I did want them to hear that because I knew that last one standing, it's an intimidating naked and afraid. This is different than just an XL. People know that they are head to head against the very best. 
So I wanted to add a little bit of intimidation there. <laughs> and and uh, it worked. I would have to say it worked. It did. Now, do you feel like doing that, do you feel like that was the beginning of everyone versus Jeff? Or do you feel like that was even before this? Do you feel like people went into the game already with, with a target on your back? It definitely started before this. Um, I, I, I believe it started before day one even started. Um, I, I was the last one getting to South Africa. I was coming from Greenland. I was in Greenland on a, on a sailing ship up there. So I didn't arrive in Africa until 36 hours before we started. Uh, everyone else had already been there for a week or so, and they had been eating dinner together and spending time together. So I feel like in that time, they had plenty of time to, uh, um, to kind of push the anti-Jeff narrative. What a great feeling starting a challenge that way. Yeah. So day two, you're out searching for caches. Sarah and Steven find the Impala. We get that amazing scene of Sarah slapping the Impala on the ass, which is one of my favorite shots of the whole season. And the decision is made to share. Day four, Amber's body temp drops to 93.3 from her armpit temperature reading and is medically tapped. Gwen has super high blood pressure and is medically tapped. Uh, was this, I mean, I, I feel like there's just like the countdown. I feel like in Hunger Games, they have that cannon that goes off when somebody dies. I feel like as as a competitor like you are, it's got to be like, you know, there's a part of you that's like, yes, it's one, one person less. Um, oh, uh, bigger than just a part of me. All of me is excited. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I was ecstatic when I heard that Amber was gone, when I heard that Gwen was gone. It was a celebration. I mean, I showed up on this challenge for one reason only, and that was to win. There, there was no other reason for even being out here for me. So, so when they went, yeah, that was, that was, that was a big moment. But also that Impala uh, that, you know, Stephen and Sarah came across first. And then, of course, me, Waz and Gary were, you know, less than 100 feet away when they found it. So it was it was difficult for them because technically they spotted at first, uh, but they knew that they followed my voice to, you know, <laughs> to get there in the first place. So um, that was actually a big moment of the season, because when that Impala was found, we all agreed at that time that any big food that we found, any food cache would be shared equally among everyone out there. Mm. Um, and that's where it started. And, and eventually, when, as things went, when they didn't like how I was playing the game, they cut me out of, that, out of that commitment that they had made. And so I viewed that as they were breaking their word. They were breaking their bond. We, we had all agreed that food caches would be shared regardless of whether you like someone or not and um so so that was that was definitely interesting day seven was your first migration day you have to make the figure four deadfalls and then you head on to your new zone you and stacy were the last to finish which just gave everybody else a jump start you know it was not an elimination challenge and you know regardless you guys got it knocked out and then you got going pretty much right away and that's when we have that moment where you know, you and Steven see each other across from the river. Steven to come over so he could work together. And he clearly was not all about that. And then you spot his items and you contemplate throwing them in the river. Uh, but you decide not to. In hindsight, do you wish you had thrown their shit in the river? <laughs> <laughs> now that's the question everybody wants to know. So 
Jake, I went into this season um, thinking that I'm going to be the greatest competitor out there. However, I, I went in knowing I was not going to sabotage anyone. Okay. Um, that, that, was my, that was what I wanted to do. I wanted to do this the right way. I truly wanted the best survivalist at the end to be the winner. I have so much respect for Naked and Afraid. That's what I wanted to do. And so that's why I didn't throw the pot in the river. That's why I didn't steal one of Matt's bows, <laughs> snap it over my knee and burn it in the campfire. I had all of these thoughts, I promise you. Um, and I chose not to do them. But now looking back and seeing how I was treated, seeing how uh, everything people were saying about me behind my back, 100%, that pot is in the river, my friend. Um, I, looking back, I would have thrown that shit in the river without a second thought. And I'm just praying I get another chance to do another one of these last one standings because um, I was nice this time around. I was, I, this was actually the, the good me, you know? Next time around, I, I think I'm just going to have to go all out. <laughs> I hope that happens. Uh, entertainment value would be spectacular. So it, it is interesting because, I mean, I know a lot of your camps were in close proximity, but there's got to be a lot of stuff watching the show back that you probably didn't know or didn't see. When you did see Gary and Waz talking about planting that seed, you know, with Stacy about tapping out and taking you out, did you have any idea that they were discussing that? Absolutely not. I, I had no idea that any of this was going on. And in fact, Jake, on, on day three, I went to every single camp out there. And with every single person, I looked them in the eyes and, and I said, um, I'm, I want to make a truce with everyone out here that I will not sabotage or be dishonest in any way for the first 21 days at least. And I shook everyone's hand and I committed to them, you know, um, that I would not be dishonest or deceiving or sabotage. And so I assumed that everybody was also uh, agreeing to that, that same commitment. So I, uh, that's why I was being nice to everyone. You know, <laughs> I was like, Hey man, what's up? And they thought it was manipulation, but it was actually me just being kind. And I had no idea what was going on behind my back. Um, and honestly, it was shocking when I watched it on TV. We get to that point where things with you, I think it was day 11, between you and Stacy seem a little tense. Uh, she might have referred to you as an egomaniacal narcissist. And then she talks to you about tapping and taking the both of you out. Was that truly a, a, like a surprise to you when, when she had that discussion? And if so, like, I mean, what, was, what was going through your head? I, I was terrified. And I was absolutely shocked that she was not thinking about tapping, but that she was thinking about tapping me out, mm. right? I mean, there's, uh, because I saw her going downhill ever since day one, you know, so her head was never really in it. I, I think Stacy forgot how difficult Naked and Afraid actually is. And, and so I, I saw her going downhill daily. And of course she would argue that, you know, some of that was me, you know, and, and that's okay. That's, that's okay. What? Um, but, but she was going downhill. And so it didn't surprise me that she was uh, thinking about tapping, but it, it surprised me that I was the reason for it. So that's when I'm like, okay, you know, Jeff, like quit being an asshole for five minutes. 
Sit down, (laughs) listen to this woman and let her speak. So that's what I did. I I let her speak. And, um, and ultimately that was probably the the best decision I made the entire time because that's what uh, got us through that moment. Yeah, yeah, that could have backfired horribly if you reacted differently. I love Stacy. I was out in South Africa with her. And, you know, watching her get sick, she watched me get very sick. Watching her get sick was no no fun. And over the, I think it was day 13, over the next day, it got significantly worse. You call the medics in, they come in, and she is medically tapped. I know it's not fun losing a partner, but was there any sense of relief knowing that your fate was no longer tied to someone else? Absolutely. Absolutely. There was. I I felt free. You know, I I felt like the handcuffs were off. However, I do have to admit this seeing Stacy leave in that way. I was split in my emotion here with Amber and Gwen. I was celebrating. I I could care less (laughs) about them. Um, Stacy, I genuinely cared about her. I really did. She was my partner. I was committed to her. Uh, Every partner I've ever had on Naked and Afraid uh, assigned partner, not necessarily an XL challenge, but an assigned partner I've given my full commitment and my heart to. And, and I, I did that with Stacy and, and I was heartbroken. I was worried about her health. I was, I was heartbroken for how she was going to feel when she watched this back, you know, and, uh, um, we, we had a nice moment there at the end, you know, mm-hmm. where she, she apologized for, you know, judging me and, and um, having these preconceived ideas of who I was without ever knowing me. And, and that was nice to hear. That was nice to hear because everyone else out there, they were, they were judging me based on previous things, previous challenges that they had seen, uh, which is what everybody does. Um, you know, they'd be surprised that I'm actually quite different, you know, when you're my partner. And, and seeing Stacy understand that and vocalize that meant a lot to me. Well, that brings us to day 14. It's migration day. Now, this is a fire-hardened prong spear. Uh, we see Gary having some issues with the fire. Him and Waz get into it like an old married couple. You get your spear finished. I believe you were finished first. I think you finished the challenge second. How did you feel about your spear? Because I, <laughs> I might have made fun of it. I might have referred to it as a club in one of the episodes. Uh, but I, I was just curious if you would ever try to use that spear in a survival setting. Unless I used it as a club? No. No, I would not. And and I would have made fun of my club as well. I understand it. Okay. okay. Um, however, however, I learned from the first challenge, which was the figure four challenge. Stacy and I were ended up being last in that challenge because I was trying to do everything right. I was trying to make this the perfect figure four. Uh, I, you know, I was trying to make my uh, my trigger, you know, like a, a hair trigger that would be set off with the, uh, the the slightest, you know, motion or or movement. And and we ended up building a great figure four, but but it was but we finished last. And so that's when I kind of had my awakening that these challenges are less about the the effectiveness of the tool that you're building and it's every, it's all about the speed of getting it done gotcha so when when i built my four prong spear there was a great advantage to not sharpening those points oh yeah um, you know <laughs> a little time it, saver it just, right right yep well dan mattincini are out after this and they find several uh caches including the diker meat cache uh, they divided the meat up. How did you feel about your portion on that one? 
Oh, dude, my portion was horrible. It wasn't even edible, Jake. It wasn't even edible. And, you know, and they were like, oh, we shared the diker. They gave me some rotting meat off of the hide. Like it was I, I actually <laughs> threw it in the fire. I wasn't even able to eat it. It was um, it was a slap in the face is what it was. And they knew it. Then they knew it. And it was um, it was kind of the first big middle finger F you to me mm-hmm. um, up until this time. They had been saying everything behind my back and everything was secretive. But this was the first, like, big middle finger. Like, this is what we think about you. It it seemed that way. And they even, when they're talking about divvying it up, they're like, oh, maybe we'll give them a piece of rib. or I don't think you even got that. I feel like it was just a bunch of (laughs) entrails and really, really uh, gross things. But, yeah, it seemed seemed like kind of the the first big middle finger. You end up finding two hides and make the decision to hold on to them instead of sharing with Sarah, who was very cold at night. The others seemed very upset with your choice to do so. Uh, do you have any regrets about Hydegate? Hell no! Hell no! In fact, I would not have shared with my own grandmother if she was in this competition. <laughs> okay? Because in my mind, there is zero room for sympathy, empathy, or even friendship in a competition of this caliber. For me, I would have 100% watched someone nearly freeze to death while curled up in all of my hides because I found them. I went out and did the work and, and I earned them. And, and what made it even more deserving was Stephen and Sarah didn't even go out and look for items. Right. Instead that day they focused on building their shelter and getting the fire going. Yeah. So I feel, I feel like they made their choice. I made mine and this is a capitalist environment here. And so, no, I, I felt, Totally comfortable with my decision. We end up seeing Gary and Dan getting that huge beehive. Did you get any any of the honey? I didn't even know the honey existed. <laughs> it was it was a total secret. I didn't even know they had honey. I never got a taste, and uh, and that was <laughs> that was. I don't blame them. Okay, I don't blame them. If I would have found that much honey. I wouldn't have shared either because, uh, and that's, that's the truth. So yeah. we agreed to share meat caches. Uh, we did not agree to share honey. That never came up in discussion. <laughs> so I don't blame them. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it was, it was kind of sad watching that. I have to admit it did look pretty tasty. I don't know about being fed off of Gary's fingertips, but the honey itself. <laughs> looked... <laughs> Day 21. It's migration day to zone four. And this is where, you know, everybody else who's partnered up has to split up with their partner. You, of course, have been solo for almost, I think, over a week now. And you end up going the one direction. You walk into camp and you see that it's Cheney, Sarah, and Gary. How was that walking into that camp? It was like being in first grade, walking into the lunchroom with your pants down. (laughs) And where everyone just looks at you. And you are the center of attention and you know, nobody's happy. You know, that's what it felt like. It was, it was so uncomfortable and it just, it, I still don't understand it, Jake. I still can't (laughs) understand how this happened. This is a competition. This is a challenge. The fact that people are now taking things personally and that they, they truly have very strong 
feelings of, you know, I, I would even go as far as saying hatred towards me. It, uh, I don't even know how it happened. And this is the first time in the challenge that I'm really starting to understand how deep this goes. And, uh, and I'm worried at this point. I'm thinking, what the hell do I do? How do I continue going with everyone clearly against me? The boys club find the meat cache and continue trying to find the rest. Matt tries to tell you they've already found everything. You know, he's out kind of looking. They're clearly looking for something else that they haven't found. But he's like, there might be something extra. I mean, Matt should never play poker, first of all. <laughs> and it's, it's clear. You you know that that he's lying. And then he mentions about finding the meat cache. And you ask, does that mean we'll all be eating tonight? And it was literally the sound of crickets. It was just like, nope. And then... You know, it's basically very clear that the the sharing contract that you guys had before the pact is no longer in place. And yeah, you're kind of on on your own. And that's that night that we see your campmates disappearing one by one. And I mean, eventually you put it together. At first, were you like, oh, they're just going for night strolls? Or did you immediately know they were going for a meat party? I immediately knew <laughs> they were going to dinner. I, it was... It was so ridiculous. Like I was laughing on the inside at the ridiculousness of of uh, my bunkmates sneaking away into the darkness <laughs> to go feast. I mean, it was it is laughable. It was uh, it was so crazy. But this is also when I first realized, okay, one hundred percent, I am all alone for the remainder of this challenge. I have no friends. I have um, uh, I, I have no allies, and I'm going to have to do this on my own. And in a way, that was kind of a freeing feeling as well, because I stopped even trying at this point to be yeah. nice to anybody. Yeah. I, yeah. you know, I, I kind of gave up, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to change anyone's mind. I'm going to continue doing this my way. I'm going to continue being a little bit braggadocious. I'll be an asshole, and I just <laughs> don't care. I just didn't care. Well, it's funny because that's about the same moment because I'm not going to lie at first. I was like, ah, oh, God damn it, Jeff, be more likable. But th like around this point, it's I kind of like really started to see where you were coming from. And then it was it was like, okay, these guys are all having this amazing. It was, you know, just this crazy feast going on and you're back at camp all by yourself. And it kind of affected the way that I was was seeing things and how you were playing the game in, in a good way. And that was that was wild to see. Well, they they have their big meet party, and then day twenty five, we have the meeting day where the boys club, as I refer to them, decide you know they need to come over to you to clarify some things. And I mean, the, the meeting itself was just a big old shit show. I feel like you know a lot of people were talking in circles. Nothing was really really just there's no real progress happening steven got upset and started crying like it was it was wild it was wild and then it escalated to matt being very upset with you which i will say one of the things that i really admire about you is when things do get heated i've always found like if somebody's like trying to fight you or something if you talk just really like nothing's wrong very kind of matter of fact it pisses people off even more <laughs> and you really do well with that matt was like losing his shit and you're just sitting there with a smile on your face nodding and just you kept your cool with it but that had to be it, it was just a weird day how was how was it for you this was my first ever experience with an intervention <laughs> i have to admit and uh 
And um, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, Regina and the Mean Girls walked <laughs> right through my front door and began to just take turns bitching at me. You know, um, they literally took turns in a circle telling me everything that they hated about me and why I was a piece of shit. That's exactly what this meeting was. And um, it had nothing to do with them trying to bring us together into a Brady Bunch family. That ship had sailed weeks ago. They wanted to do this because they had a lot that they wanted to get off their chest. And um, in the days prior, I had burned myself. I had cut myself. Um, in their minds, they saw me spiraling. And they thought, this is the time for us to put our foot on Jeff's throat. And, and in my mind, that's what they were attempting to do. And the fact that I did not allow them to get under my skin, oh, it pissed them off. Oh, yeah. my gosh. I, <laughs> I could hear Matt screaming in his shelter all night that night with his diary camera. <laughs> and, and I loved every second of it. I actually loved it so much. That intervention set a precedent for the remainder of the show which um, caused me to want to piss them off even more. Um, and so, so I kind of went that direction. Yeah, I feel like you handled, you handled that intervention very well. Well, that meeting seemed to really be the straw that broke the camel's back as far as Cheney goes. I mean, we had seen her days prior thinking about home and whenever you know, anybody goes to that headspace, it's usually not not good. You usually have a hard time coming back from that. But that really seemed to be too much. And the, the thing is, it's not a normal XL. I mean, this is a challenge. And, you know, it's a whole different game. Right. Well, as you know, I mean, survival is 90% mental. And, and so the things that I'm doing out there, screaming, I'm taking all your shit, and, you know, and getting under their skin, those are not accidental. I'm doing this on purpose. Uh, for one, I'm an entertainer. And number two, I couldn't, I can't hold things in my mouth if I want to. <laughs> if I, if I feel a certain way, I'm going to say them. You will always know where I stand. I will never hide anything about how I'm feeling. And yeah, that Cheney and the others started to lose the mental game. Um, they, that, you know, that the drama and the, the interpersonal anger and everything else, it really started to affect them and get to them. I, I am not envious at all. I, I would have done horribly with this. Well, day 28, it's elimination day. And see, putting your tracking skills to the test, you set out looking for the bone trails to a cache. And of course, this is when we see Steven jumping onto Sarah's trail and snagging her cache. And one by one, people finish their challenge of building a spring snare, crossing the finish line. But because of Steven snagging Sarah's cash, she's in last place and she ends up being eliminated. And when she gets to that finish line, she comes storming in hot. Understandably so. I would have been fuming. And she calls Steven out for what he did. And it was wild because had you done that to one of the guys, they would have been furious with you. But because it was one of the boys club, it was all okay. It was all fine. And the camera, they show your face during this whole scene, and it was priceless. It was just like, you're like, see? <laughs> see, bitches? <laughs> it, was, it was great. That was, that was one of my favorite moments from, from the season. So what, what was your take on all of that? I, I think this has to probably be my favorite moment of the entire season. 
Because up to this point, everything I did pissed everyone else off. And my response was, it's a competition, right? I'm just <laughs> trying to win. That was my defense. And now, um, w- when push comes to shove, Steven has to do uh, something, you know, a little bit not nice in order to win. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Sarah's pissed off. And she's yelling at Steven. And Steven, it, what the words that come out of his mouth to me was like a whoa moment, right? <laughs> Steven said, Sarah, it's not personal. I was just trying to win. And I, and my face was just like, like you said, my face was like, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, like, this is where, this is where I'm like, oh my God, they do understand. They do understand that this is a competition. And, uh, and it's not personal in any way. Steven did nothing wrong. Absolutely not. He did what he had to do in a competition to win. Hands down. Steven didn't break the rules. He, he did what he had to do. And, and I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I was hopeful after this day that, okay, maybe the others are starting to understand and then turns out they, they have a really short memory. <laughs> they, <laughs> they do. Their dislike <laughs> yeah. for you was way too strong. It was. That whole thing was wild because, I mean, he was on Gary's trail for a bit. I think he was on Waz's trail for a bit. And with those, he turned around and walked away. But I, I did, when I, when I talked with Sarah, I was like, you know, trying to see it from his perspective. He's out there and it was getting towards the end and it was like panic set in. And it's like survive or die and you know when you get to that point it's you know bulldoze over anybody if you want it bad enough and it sucks i mean having it be your partner that had you been with for 21 days and you know mm-hmm. you choose to take her trail over you know was or gary but whatever whatever it was it was a wild moment and i was really hoping too they're gonna be like okay well now they're gonna see this is why jeff plays the way he plays um, but like you said the memories were short if i would have done that I would have been crucified. Absolutely. Literally. They, yeah. they may have strung me up, <laughs> cut my nuts off, and hung me from a tree. Uh, it, would have, it would have been, you know, they would have said that this is the most evil thing anybody has ever done. Uh, but because it was Steven, he got a pass. And that's yeah. when people start to see the hypocrisy here. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was evident to everyone that saw it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, day 29, it is raft making time. We see you chopping down the biggest corkwood tree in the forest and the others are making their their raft out of bamboo. This is also, I noticed it was pretty impressive because you were going hard building that raft. I mean, Gary at this point is really starting to lag. You're seeing a, a number of people really slowing and they all just had this big old Impala feast and you haven't and you are still going going pretty damn hard getting this this raft knocked out we're getting ready for the actual migration day how did you feel about your raft after that little test drive not good not good <laughs> i um i felt like i was driving a ford pinto on a uh, off-road four-wheeling trail um i didn't know if it was going to hold together but no, like you said, at this point in the challenge, I had lost uh, two of my bunk mates. Sarah and Sheeny are now gone. It's now only me and Gary, and Gary's energy levels were starting to tank mm-hmm. at this point in the challenge. And so I basically had to build the raft all by myself um, with, with, with little assistance. And, and so I felt like I did everything I could to build this raft by myself in, in the two and a half days that was presented to us. 
The other group, they had four people. They were, you know, they just had that meat feast, like you mentioned. So I felt like I did everything I could. But when I saw the rapids, because we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into. <laughs> we, we couldn't see that far down the river. And when I saw the rapids, I'm like, oh, shit. Um, <laughs> I might die. You know, we might literally die. <laughs> I was nervous. Migration day begins, and I'm not going to lie. I mean, you were perched up on top of this, uh, just, uh, uh, just called a uh, dumpster fire. And Gary was floating behind. And I was wondering, that's what I was going to ask, if you were aware of what was coming. Like, had you seen the rapids you are going to be going? And, I mean, that had to be terrifying. And it was. I mean... Seeing Gary go under and going backwards down the river. I mean, it was it was legit terrifying. I was a little worried for both of you. And I mean, even the other guys, their their raft was getting hung up left and right on the rocks. And it was just it was not an easy challenge. And despite almost dying and the raft being split into hundreds of pieces, you and Gary make it, which was great. We were very, very happy to see that. That was also the day when Gary and Matt kind of got into a bit of a a yelling match. We talked with Gary about that. And I guess, you know, being over loud rapids, you can't always hear people. But I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Well, that, you know, Gary was being nice to Matt, if that's what he said. Because Matt was being a total dick. I mean, that, <laughs> Matt was being the biggest dick, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, I know there's a lot of people that love Matt. But he's, Matt can be a dick. And, um, and Gar <laughs> Gary was trying to help Matt. Gary, Gary was trying to tell Matt where to go down the river in order to be safe. It was actually Gary, Gary showing a lot of humanity. Yeah. And Matt did not want to be, uh, for it to appear that Gary was helping the great king, Matt Wright. Um, and so Matt got his ego you know, hurt by that. And that's why Matt went off is what happened there um, well, and that's with, and even they, they show that you know you guys are basically saying our raft weighs six tons you guys go get out ahead so we don't hurt you i mean it was genuine that you guys were genuinely like go but he was like oh they're taking forever and it, it did i mean it, it was uh i i feel like you guys were both coming from a really genuine place and it just kind of escalated pretty pretty quickly but everybody makes it to to the end and this is, you know, when you guys find out you're going to be in those separate camps, but still nothing really changes. It's still everybody versus Jeff. And that brings us to the wild goose chase where we see you relocating some feathers very cleverly. Oh, I will say before we move on, during the rafting portion, you talked about pushing the raft into the boat. And I'm very disappointed that you didn't. That at this point, like when you when you initially talked about throwing their shit in the river, I was like, "You bastard!" But now I was like, "Do it, Jeff! Do it!" <laughs> so. And 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 looking back, Jake, looking back, if I would have pushed their boat into the river, <laughs> they would have had nothing. They would have had absolutely nothing with only hours to go before before the migration down the river, I don't know what would have happened. They may have been eliminated from the challenge in a very real way. But then I was uh, wondering, because because you guys all had to go down at the same time, I was like, that could be really awkward if you and you and Gary just had to sit there while they remade an entire boat. <laughs> Still would have been, it would have pissed them off to the next level, which I think could have been a lot of fun to watch. But 
you you were uh, very kind with that decision, and you didn't. So anyway, that brings us to the moving of the the goose feathers, which Gary admitted he did the same thing as well. Apparently, everybody was scattering feathers all over. And then we need to talk about the real amazing part when you decide to make the fake fishing cash. <laughs> <laughs> was it was it was amazing i mean even talking with gary because gary had no idea until after after you guys finished the challenge that you you had done all this so it was it was quite effective and yeah i don't know you what what did you put together what was that little cash package that you made yeah yeah so so the the fishing cash that i invented it was just a piece (laughs) of cork wood that I had cut into a perfect rectangle so it looked like a tackle box or something. And, um, and God knows I had enough burlap sack and, and rope uh, from all the caches that I had found up to this point. So I wrapped it nice and pretty like a professional <laughs> Christmas present. And you know what? I did what I had to do because at this point in the challenge, I did the math, right? And I'm like, okay, everyone else is, is teaming up against me. So at this point, I think it was five versus one. And and having five people spreading out, looking for all these items against one, mm-hmm. you know, if any one of them finds it, they're going to share it with everyone except me. Yep. And so so if any one of them finds it, I lose. So, I, you know, I thought of this idea. Well, the best I can do is maybe have nobody find it. And then they, <laughs> and then they can't get a leg up on me. And so that's when I devised the plan on how to beat them at all of these caches, you know, with the goose feathers, having them chase goose feathers endlessly until they burned more (laughs) calories than they were going to get from this small chicken sharing it five ways, you know. And then, yeah, I I built this fake fishing asset and, you know, ripped it up out of the water right in front of Gary uh, because I, I knew that I needed an eyewitness. Right. Yeah, if I yeah. would, if I was just screaming from the river, they may have been like, "Did he? Re- did he really find it?" But I had Gary as my witness, and Gary saw me rip it up out of the water, you know. And then I also fooled him with the other cash too. I told Gary I, you know, found the other cash, and he stopped looking for it. So I was able to go back later that evening and find it. And so I found a way to beat them all, um, even though it was just myself. And, and that gave me hope that I might actually be able to win this thing. Well, it was it was great. Well, I mean, even when you were pretending to look for the fake cash and you were pointing at the map very dramatically and pointing off. I mean, that whole scene was it was it, it was like something out of Looney Tunes. It, it made me laugh very hard, but it was effective. And Gary said, not just that one, but the other cash. You totally fooled him on it. So well played. Well, the boys have a goose feast and you are not invited. Were you genuinely surprised by that? I mean, at this point, I feel like they're not sharing anything or was there some hope left in you? There was hope left. Yeah, this one actually hurt more than any of the others because on all of the others, it was Matt's decision um, or Waz, basically. Matt and Waz were controlling the whole Mean Girl group, making the decisions for everybody. And but this time, Stephen found the goose, Mm. you know, and as you know, Stephen and I go way back. We have a history We're we're brothers. And and uh, also at this point in the challenge, we're sleeping around the same fire at night. So uh, we've already said our piece. We've already kind of forgiven each other. And I I I felt like surely Stephen's going to share this thing. Um, And so I, I was actually pretty shocked that he didn't. 
That makes sense. Yeah, and you guys did. You had a, a couple heart-to-heart moments. He shared some spec boom with you, and you gave him some jerky. And you did. I mean, it, it seemed genuine. I, you know, it, it seemed like you guys were patching some things up, and he did. I mean, you, you could tell there was definitely a little guilt about not sharing the goose, but not enough guilt to make a difference where he's going to feed you. But yeah, did you feel like that talk with him? I mean, because you talked with him and then the goose feast happened. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So do you feel like the that kind of then changed things back? Because you guys had this heart to heart and then he was like, I, you know, let's let's forgive each other. But by the way, you're not getting any goose. He, you know, yeah, it was it was hard. It, it, to be honest, it, it did hurt uh, because I truly do care about Stephen. Uh, but he pulled me to the side, you know, and told me, Jeff, my hands are tied. You know, he says, if yeah. I want to continue my position with this other group, who Stephen thought by him being with this other group, that was his best strategy to maybe make it to the end and win this thing. And and I understood it, you know, okay. Um, uh, but but it still hurt, you know. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it, still, it still felt personal. Well, day 36 is elimination day, and this is that bamboo water transport challenge. Now, there have been some people that have been upset about like some of the rules because some people feel like the gourds weren't supposed to be relocated to the river. I talked with Gary about it, and it's like it seemed like there was gray area. And again, you know, they're just figuring out how to make this a competition show. So I don't know if that was somebody's slip up, you know, with with the rules of the game or what that was. Regardless of that, there's there's the race to get this done. And it comes down to you and Matt. And I mean, it seemed, at least from the viewer's standpoint, it seemed like it was very much neck and neck. Was there any point during that where you're like, oh shit, I am not going to get this done before him? No, actually. I, I was feeling pretty confident um, the the whole challenge, uh, perhaps a little too confident. <laughs> um, you know, I, I, I cut it a little too close for sure. Um, you know, and now, you know, I'm, I'm known as, uh, you know, the, the Matt Slayer, you know, the Savage Slayer. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> so, so that was, um, I loved it. Okay. If I'm honest <laughs> with you, I, I loved this moment. You know, Matt and I have been going head to head for years, you know, and, you know, he doesn't like me. I, I don't like a lot about him. And we, we truly are rivals. And, yeah. and so, it coming down to me and Matt was like destiny, you know, of course this was going to happen. But regarding the, the rules of the challenge and, you know, whether we could bring the gourd to the river, yeah. um, what I have to say is um, credit to the producers on these challenges, because these challenges were fantastically well-designed. And I believe they had, they purposefully put in some gray area in order to allow for strategy to take place mm. uh, because a big part of survival isn't just skill. It is also strategy. Yeah. Um, you know, we actually, we saw Waz end up, you know, winning the damn thing based on strategy at the end with the three fires. So yeah. uh, strategy was a very big part and um, nowhere in the rules did it say we could not take the gourd to the river. Um, in fact, you know, um, they, they, in fact, they actually said we could, uh, if we were smart enough to ask, mm. um, you know, we, we could inquire on the rules. Um, and so it was definitely within the rules, but I believe Gary and I were the only ones that thought about that. Um, which 
you know, there should be some advantage to using good strategy. Absolutely. Yeah. You cross that finish line. And then Matt comes across, and of course, the boys club, they're sobbing. And I did. I told Gary, I mean, Gary, I feel like got upset with me because I, I'm all for men expressing themselves and like being emotional. This, it was too much for me. Like, I had to like turn the channel momentarily. It was too much crying. It was very, and I understand why. I, I fully get it. And, but then you come in, and Gary tries to stop you from coming in. <laughs> He's like, this dick, <laughs> this is not the time for your strategy. They're all having this emotional moment, and you're like, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so, um, so I mean, this moment, Jake, this moment, I think we were all watching this, and everybody was thinking, what the fuck? Like, is this, is this really happening? And um, so, I mean, me personally, I think I threw up in my mouth a little bit while watching this. I mean, this, this, was, this was embarrassing on every level. And, and I, you're a better man than me. You know, you say how, you know, you kind of understand it. I don't understand it at all, man. <laughs> that, that we all signed up for a competition. Every one of us at the top of the form when we put our signature, it said last one standing. And now all these people are crying over <laughs> arguably one of their greatest competitors um, leaving the challenge. This should have been time for celebration. Yeah. We should have been having a party this <laughs> night. And, and, and they were all crying. You know, it reminded me of the scene in uh, Snow White uh, when all the dwarves are standing around the bed crying because their queen just died. Um, <laughs> I, that's what I felt like. Oh, sweet Jesus. That's, that's quite the analogy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you end up having this, uh, I, I would never say heartfelt moment, but you have a moment with Matt, and you talk about how much you respect him, and then, like, seven minutes later, they cart his ass off, and you say, Matt just got his karma drink. So how did you really feel watching him get it carted off? Oh, it was one of the greatest moments ever of, of my life and of Naked and Afraid. Of course. It was fantastic. I, Matt got everything he deserved in that moment. He was, he was the master manipulator of this entire season, getting an entire group of people to follow his every word. He was setting rules on when you could go hunting, when you could not go fishing. I mean, he was a master manipulator. And to me personally... He was just uh, just an asshole the entire time. So, um, of course, this was an amazing moment. I celebrated that night. I had like four uh, rations worth of my jerky that night celebrating. Wow, wild party. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I was jerky drunk uh, that night. Um, <laughs> it was, it, I meant everything I said when I got down on one knee and, you know, gave my respect to Matt. I, I do have a lot of respect for him. I really do. Matt is one of the greatest to ever do Naked and Afraid. And, um, and I respect his skills so much, which is why I want to beat him so badly. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I respect him as a competitor. So he, he is a fantastic survivalist, which is why I love beating him so much. Oh, I'm sure. Well, day 37, we see you preparing for the next challenge and you're gathering tinder and kindling and stashing it in a dry place. Did you have a good sense that there was going to be a fire challenge? 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I was guessing. You know, I any and every challenge there was, I would prepare in a similar way throughout the season, where I would just do. Some days I would practice making a certain type of trap, or um, uh, I'd practice making a snare and do. And you know, and this time I I stashed things in case I needed them in a pinch, which uh, which ultimately it was helpful. I did have yeah. dry tinder. Yeah. Um, you know that that first couple of days. Well, that brings us into day 40. It's the elimination challenge day. And we find out that it is primitive fire challenge. And on top of that, it's a double elimination. Last two to finish building the fire and boiling a pot of water have to go. How worried were you? How confident were you in your fire building skills, given the weather and the new environment and all that stuff? Honestly, everybody was terrified. Uh, When we read that map, the look of fear was apparent on everyone's faces. We uh, this area that we were in was incredibly humid. It was deep in a valley. So every night when the clouds would come in, it would be like fog set in everywhere. And so every morning when you woke up, everything would be covered in dew and wetness. Mm. And starting a friction fire in this environment was going to be nearly impossible. And we all understood that. And leading into it, too, you guys had like three straight days of heavy rain. So... Mm-hmm. well done on thinking ahead and, and stashing stashing some of that wood. We see everybody working hard. Everybody's trying different techniques, different combinations of wood. And I didn't see this coming, you know, but the, basically it gets to the end of the day and it's going to resume the following day. Day 41, another day of trying to get these fires going. Waz was the only one to complete the challenge on day 41. Day 42... Anyone that doesn't have the fire built and water boiled by sunset will be eliminated. Uh, This had to be so incredibly stressful. I mean, it's just like, I feel like anything, anytime there's a time limit on it, it immediately just raises the stress level 10,000 times. How, how were you feeling on the morning of day 42? It was, it was agonizing. It was, um, I mean, it was, but this is what I signed up for. So, you know, I'm a competitor. I actually, I love the feelings of the butterflies in my chest. You know, similar to what you'd get before a big game or something. Um, mm. I love that. I, I lived for that. But uh, but this challenge was very, very interesting because by now you would think, okay, clearly this is an individual challenge. It's down to the last few. Nobody is going to be helping each other, right? Yeah. Like, like, of course, but no, no. We, <laughs> we, we, we see that people are struggling. Gary is actually doing better than anybody. At yep. this point, he's yep. got he's gotten the first couple coals. And then what do we see? We see Waz walk into Gary's camp and say, hey, Gary, can I do you mind if I see what uh, fireboard you're using? And he literally bends down and picks it up <laughs> and he's biting it and he's pushing his fingernails into it. Like, oh, my gosh. Like, I here's what here's what I think. Gary, by Gary doing that, he contributed to Waz then knowing the types of wood and everything to use, Gary's knowledge factored in 100% with Waz being able to get oh, the fire. Interesting. And, huh? and then when Waz got the fire, who did he share that knowledge with? His buddy, Dan. And he told Dan the exact wood to use. It was Gary that figured it out. And, and if Gary had not shared that knowledge, there is a very real chance that nobody gets fire. Wow. And, that, and then perhaps we all move on to the final couple days together. So by Gary sharing that knowledge, he may have cost himself $100,000. 
And that is why this is supposed to be a freaking competition. This is not supposed to be buddy, buddy, share knowledge because it comes back and it bites you in the ass. And I, I do believe it bit Gary for sure. Yeah, yeah, well, and it sounds like Waz owes Gary $50,000. I agree, I agree. <laughs> well, I did. I gave Waz shit uh, on the last episode because he walked in there and saw all his stuff, and he was like, well, if I had that stuff, I'd have a fire going in two minutes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Gary ends up just pushing so hard, he, he ends up cramping up, his arms turn to jello, which I can't imagine. Like, doing bow drill for three days straight 40-some days into a challenge where you're eating next to nothing. I don't know how any of you guys did it. It, it ended up just taking its toll on him. And we have that scene of him sprawled out with the vultures circling ahead. And, and you know, he, he ends up tapping. And, uh, I mean, it, it sucks. I feel like Gary Gary did... I, I like I enjoyed watching Gary this season. He I think uh, he did he did really well out there. We he pieces out. Dan gets his fire, and then it's down to you and Stephen. And you're both going hard. And there wasn't much time left before sunset. And this is when Stephen throws in the towel. Uh, how surprised were you when he came up to you to say goodbye, knowing that there's like what like thirty minutes left or something? <laughs> I I'm glad you asked this question because. Uh, when he came up to me, I didn't, uh, I didn't understand what was happening at first. And I actually went over and I gave him a hug. And then uh, when he was walking away, um, uh, they didn't show it, but I actually said, okay, you know, I'll see you back at camp when I come get a drink of water. And he turns around and he says, no, Jeff, he says, I'm tapping out. I'm, I'm going. Wow. And I'm like, oh my God, like never in my wildest dreams did I think Steven would tap out of a challenge. Um, and and I never thought I would see the day. And so to see him tap out when he still had hours left on the clock. Oh, it was hours. Um, yeah, it was hours left. Oh, and, wow. um, and and that's, to me, that's uh, that just says how much we were really pushing ourselves. You know, Steven knew he did not have the strength to start a fire and, and he called it. And and it was the most difficult thing I've ever done on any Naked and Afraid Challenge. You know, 42 days deep into a challenge, you know the feeling. You're, um, you're just like, you're, you have nothing left in your body. You can barely stand up, much less do a bow drill for 10 hours a day for three consecutive days. It was incredible. And he, I mean, he, I think it was 72 combinations that he did or something like that. And he just, he went and went and went until he had nothing, nothing left to give. And he came, he said his goodbyes and that was it. And it was you and you pushed and you pushed, you were racing against the clock and the approaching storms. And on top of that, Dan and Waz came in to let you know that storms were coming, which was nice. <laughs> yeah, what, what nice guys, right? What, what... <laughs> I, your response was great. You're like, yeah, I kind of figured when I heard the storms coming. But uh, you, I mean, it was, it, was, it was amazing. You didn't slow down. You didn't quit. You fought till the very end. And then we hear the producer's voice come in and say, it's, you know, that's time. And your challenge officially came to an end. And I feel like even the haters out there have to acknowledge. I mean, that was three days of you going nonstop and fighting till the very last moment. So I don't care how much somebody dislikes you. You deserve a lot of credit for that. That was, that was really fantastic to see. Well, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I don't have quit in me and, and that's why 
I love Naked and Afraid so much because it is, in my opinion, one of the most difficult things you can do physically and mentally ever, ever. Yeah. And, and, and I love it. You know, I was um, looking back, I'm totally happy with my challenge. I would not change a thing, um, you know, um, except for maybe the fact that I'd be a little bit more ruthless um, <laughs> knowing how, knowing how everybody was treating me and the things that they were saying about me. I, I definitely would have thrown a raft into the river and pitched a <laughs> pot into the river. Um, but looking back, I am proud of myself that I did not dip to those those levels of sabotage. I uh, I may have pissed people off, but I only pissed them off because I was competing hard, you know, and I wasn't bowing down. I wasn't kneeling down to Matt Wright, you know. Uh, I I did it my way. I did yeah. it the way I wanted it to be done, and. I think there is some respect in there, uh, even for the people that, you know, may not uh, uh, may not want to go get a beer with me on Friday night, <laughs> but I think they can still have respect for it. Absolutely. Well, you played the same all the way through. You played consistently. You know, it wasn't like you were doing anything really sketchy. You just, you were very straightforward with, with your tactics. And yeah, some people just didn't seem to really enjoy your approach to the competition but it was it was great watching you and you were you know definitely the entertainment of the season for sure we see you saying your goodbyes to Dan and Waz they pick you up in the dark and you you head out now watching these you know next moments since you weren't out there you know day 43 to day 45 it's Dan and Waz on this three-day extraction hike being tested on the bow, fire building skills, in addition to the hike. And they're neck and neck all the way through. And then they get to the top of the gorge, and it's basically the battle to get those three fires going. And, and we see Waz win. How was it watching Waz win for you? Well, watching the final hour for me, like, wasn't, didn't everybody feel when the energy just like, ugh, like the energy tanked, uh, right? When, you know, after me and, and Gary and, and Steven left. I mean, up to this point, the entire challenge had been um, had been versus Jeff. You know, I mean, that's what it was. It was everybody versus me. And and, you know, we that was the whole point of the challenge up to this point. And then now that we're gone now, it's like, oh, oh, OK, this, this is actually for uh, for a win. You know, like people are trying to win this thing. So um, I, I did like to see that um that it was now finally a competition uh, for right. Dan and Waz. It, it was sad that we had to wait 43 days you know for them to you know grow a pair and decide to compete um my my words my words not yours but <laughs> right. uh, yeah. um, uh, it, it was sad that that we had to wait so long for that um but you know I I loved the idea of last one standing. I loved it. And, and, and I really enjoyed myself out there. I felt like this was a long time coming. I mean, you know me, I I've been treating these XL challenges more like a competition for years. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's gotten me in hot water, you know, but <laughs> some people don't like me because of it, but I, I love competition. I love to compete and, and I never take anything personally. I love my competitors after the fact, yeah. uh, but when I'm competing against them, I, I have no problem with trash talk and that kind of thing. So when last one standing came around, I was, I was so excited and grateful that 
a competition format was finally here. So while I wouldn't have picked Waz to win, uh, because I, I have a lot of personal animosity against the guy, I guess. But the fact that a winner crossed the finish line, that's success. That's what I wanted out of this show. Um, and I have to congratulate Waz on the win. You know, it, it, I don't have to like his uh, strategy at all. I don't have to agree with it. And for him, he won. And so congratulations to Waz. Um, congratulations to, to everyone that got to watch this. I think we can all agree that um, that the, the entertainment value was extremely high this time around. Agreed. Now, how do you feel about him having uh, the 10.0 PSR? Oh, PSR is bullshit. Let's be real, folks. Can we just be real for a second? Was laid, was laid on his ass for 40 days in a row. Every time we saw him on the television, he was laying in the dirt. Every time. Um, and so for him to have that 10.0 PSR, that's a slap in the face to people like me who, who gave absolutely everything every bound every ounce of effort and and tenacity every single day and to watch someone that laid around and um you know basically people fed him people took care of him people built his shelter um and that's why i hated that's why i hated what they did jake with with grouping up and t- into the brady bunch family is is they they took away an opportunity in my mind for the true best survivalists to cross the finish line. Because if you're helping weaker survivalists along the way, and if you're helping them through a moment that they might not make it through, they, and they end up winning, then it kind of defeats the, the spirit of the challenge, in my mind. So, so I didn't like that, uh, but everybody knows that. I, if there's a season two, which a season two has been approved yeah, by heard. the network. Yeah. Um, if there's a season two, I hope people go into it with, uh, with the energy that I went into. I want to see ruthlessness. I want to see the best survivalist cross the finish line at the end, not the person that laid around and had people take care of them. I think season two is going to be pretty wild. First of all, I feel like they're going to have to bump the PSR to 11 because they've got to go somewhere with that but yeah you guys were just in uncharted territory not knowing it was all new for production as well so i feel like season two has the potential to be an even bigger shit show in the best way possible just uh you know now that everybody's kind of figuring it out and potential you know cast members can look back and be like oh okay this is what happened and just have a little something to mm-hmm. go on where you guys basically went into all these challenges completely blind so i'm excited i'm excited for season 2 uh season 1 was such a big success for discovery and it was it was a blast to watch so i i loved it so any anything what's what's next for jeff any more naked and afraid challenges in your future what what have you got going on well hopefully season two to be honest with you (laughs) i'm not done yet honest with you jake before last one standing i was i was kind of getting a little burnt out you know with naked and afraid and i was looking into other options in the tv world uh because i mean you know i'm an entertainer i like to entertain i I like to be that big energy in the room. But after this last one standing, this this renewed my love and passion for Naked and Afraid. And, and I feel like I have so much left to give. I'm not done. This was like a warm-up 
for me. I feel like season two, now that I know how everything is, now that I know that, you know, I'm walking in with a target on my back on day one, I would play this entirely differently. And I hope I get the opportunity. It's basically going to be the Hunger Games. I can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. That was that was a blast getting getting your take on the season. Yeah, absolutely. No, thank you, Jake. And uh, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to, to speak my mind. Um, because for, for 42 straight days, I felt like, you know, I, I never really got to say, uh, say my, my half a thing. So uh, there's just one final thing I have to say to everybody. Same. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe, rate, and review, and send any questions you have about the show to questions at jakeandafraid.com. Be sure to tune in next time as we begin to recap the new Naked and Afraid series, Castaways. Until then, have a gorgeous week. <laughs>